as 2024 begins, one of the things that we are hearing is a lot of predictions. It's kind of fun. People are looking forward to the year saying, what can you expect? You know, you can predict the future. It's true. You can predict the future. The Bible actually says you and I can predict the future. And you don't have to have any special gifts. You don't have to be some kind of psychic. You don't have to be in touch with the demons, certainly. You can predict the future. I want to give you an example of that today and talk about how you can do it. Paul Harvey wasn't just a newsman. When I grew up, he was known for his character. He was also a follower of Jesus Christ. In fact, one of my favorite accounts, I'll have to share it with you sometime, is when Paul Harvey shares about his baptism experience. Now, if you're unfamiliar with Paul Harvey, like I said, for decades, he was one of the most respected newsmen in America. When I was uh, a kid growing up, when I was in high school, actually, I, I roofed and um, for a couple of summers, summer and a half. And um, when I would take my lunch break, I would go to the car, turn on the air conditioning, turn on Paul Harvey and have my lunch. Every noon, he had a ride. Every morning... And every noon he had a broadcast. The morning was a little bit longer than the, it was a little bit shorter than the uh, when the noon one, but it's called Paul Harvey News and Comment, which was interested interesting for his uh, approach as well as for his delivery. Every newscast had four pages. Page two, he'd say, um, and, and he would call out the page, page three. The last page was always his commentary. It was always, I think, the most interesting part of his program. Some of his commentaries actually grew a life of their own and you can hear them to this day. One of his commentaries recently has raised, um, uh, has become more aware, uh, people have become more aware of it recently. It's from 1965. It's three minutes long. It's called, If I Were the Devil. I'm going to have you listen to it here for a second, and I want you to hear how prophetic it is. Now, keep in mind, Paul Harvey makes these predictions in 1965. In 1965, he sees what's going to happen in our day. All he sees are the beginnings of what's developed. And yet, he has the wisdom to predict the fruit that will come of these things in the future. Listen to what he says, and then we can talk about how we can predict the future as well. If I were the devil, if I were the devil, if I were the prince of darkness, I'd want to engulf the whole world in darkness, and I'd have a third of its real estate and four-fifths of its population, but I wouldn't be happy until I had seized the ripest apple on the tree, the so I'd set about, however necessary, to take over the United States. I'd subvert the churches first. I'd begin with a campaign of whispers. With the wisdom of a serpent, I would whisper to you as I whispered to Eve. Do as you please. To the young, I would whisper that the Bible is a myth. I would convince them that man created God instead of the other way around. I would confide that what's bad is good and what's good is square. And the old, I would teach to pray after me, our Father, which art in Washington. And then I'd get organized. I'd educate authors in 
how to make lurid literature exciting so that anything else would appear dull and uninteresting. I'd threaten TV with dirtier movies and vice versa. I'd peddle narcotics to whom I could. I'd sell alcohol to ladies and gentlemen of distinction. I'd tranquilize the rest with pills. If I were the devil, I'd soon have families at war with themselves, churches at war with themselves, and nations at war with themselves, until each in its turn was consumed. And with promises of higher ratings, I'd have mesmerizing media fanning the flames. If I were the devil, I would encourage schools to refine young intellects, but neglect to discipline emotions, just let those run wild. Until before you knew it, you'd have to have drug-sniffing dogs and metal detectors at every schoolhouse door. Within a decade, I'd have prisons overflowing, I'd have judges promoting pornography, Soon I could evict God from the courthouse, then from the schoolhouse, and then from the houses of Congress. And in his own churches I would substitute psychology for religion and deify science. I would lure priests and pastors into misusing boys and girls and church money. If I were the devil, I'd make the symbol of Easter an egg and the symbol of Christmas a bottle. If I were the devil, I'd take from those who have and give to those who wanted until I had killed the incentive of the ambitious. And what'll you bet? I couldn't get whole states to promote gambling as the way to get rich. I would caution against extremes in hard work, in patriotism, in moral conduct. I would convince the young that marriage is old-fashioned, that swinging is more fun, that what you see on TV is the way to be. And thus I could undress you in public and I could lure you into bed with diseases for which there is no cure. In other words, if I were the devil, I'd just keep right on doing what he's doing. Paul Harvey. Good day. Isn't it amazing how accurately Paul Harvey was able to predict the future? How? It's not psychic science. It's Psalms 119. You, through your commands make me wiser than my enemies david says of god for you they are ever with me i have more understanding than all my teachers your testimonies are my meditation i understand more than the ancients because i keep your precepts i have restrained my feet from evil from every evil way that i may keep your word i've not departed from your judgments for you yourself have taught me how sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to the mouth. Though your precepts, through your precepts, I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. The Bible actually says we can predict the future by knowing God's word. Think about that. David says, knowing God's commands tells him how to live today because of what's best for the future. God's commands tell also how if you ignore him today, if your family ignores him, if your nation ignores him, the scriptures are really clear what happens as a result. The Bible's really clear. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. The reason that Paul Harvey could make these predictions about the future is because he knew the Bible. And he could see in those seeds of disobedience 
the seeds of rebellion that were being sown in the 50s and 60s, how unless there was repentance, what they would come to. Two applications. First, would you listen to people when they know the Bible and forecast the future? You know, people would avoid so much pain if they would just listen to Bible-believing teachers as they warn, if there's not repentance, this is what's going to happen. You know, in 1965, most people dismissed Paul Harvey's predictions as alarmist. They'd say things like, well, he's just a conservative. Things really aren't that bad. Things won't get that bad. Those slippery slope arguments are fallacious anyway. People will never go that far. Today, you don't have to be conservative to admit his concerns were reasonable. I don't know, even I, when I would hear people back in the 70s say, oh, things are so bad, and if we don't change, they're going to get really bad. I remember, th- you know, people, people have thrown away the truth, and if people don't live by truth, then everything's going to go down. And I remember thinking, oh, you're exaggerating. Things aren't really going to get that bad. And welcome to 2024 when it's not just sin, but it's anger and division and hatred that is steaming more than ever. One of the difficult struggles as a preacher is to warn people of the consequences of sin and to hear them minimize. You say together, living together before marriage is going to undermine your relationship. And people say, hey, you're just old fashioned. Say, hey, uh, cancel culture sensitivity training is going to create more division, not harmony. Look what happens in places where people aren't allowed to speak freely, like the Soviet Union, like Nazi Germany. People start living by lies. It, they don't, it, it, it changes things. They just get silent. When people get over sense, oh, you can't say those things, you can't say those things, you'll get in trouble. Forgiveness is the key to our world today. Empathy is the key. If you say that, though, you may be accused of lacking compassion. Envy is not a good foundation for economic policies, we'll say. Look at what the Bible says, where there's envy and selfish ambition, you have disorder in every evil practice. And people say, oh, you're just being a free marketer. You don't care about the poor. Tolerating sexual sin is not going to create a tolerant society, we say. People say you're a homophobe. Encouraging gender transition is not going to save people from suicide. Being at peace with God is the key to that. Oh, you just don't understand, people will say. Our confidence is not in our own wisdom. Again, Psalm 119, God, through your commandments, make me wiser than my enemies. When people share the clear teachings of God and the warnings of transgressing them, don't belittle them. I have more understanding than all my teachers, David says, for your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the ancients because I keep your precepts. 
if somebody knows the Bible like Paul Harvey and throws down the caution flag, don't dismiss him or her because what they say is unpopular or hard to hear. Second, it's our responsibility to know God's word like Paul Harvey. We all ought to be able to predict the future because we know God's word so well. Remember God's word, what God said in Ezekiel chapter 3? If I say to the wicked person, you will surely die, but you do not mourn him. God says, if I say this, this, this person will surely die if they behave like this, but you don't mourn him. You don't go out and warn him about his wicked way in order to save his life. That wicked person will die for his iniquity. I'm predicting the future, God says. And yet I will hold you responsible for his blood. But if you warn a wicked person and he doesn't turn from his wickedness or his wicked ways, he will die for his iniquity, but you will have rescued yourself. In other words, God says you can predict the future of people who choose wickedness, of people who choose sin. You can predict the future. If they don't repent, it's going to be trouble. If they don't repent, it's going to bring pain and suffering and ultimately death, spiritual death. You can predict the future because the Bible's really clear. But if you keep that prediction to yourself because it's unpopular, God says, the responsibilities on your head. Jesus repeats that when he says to followers of Christ, go and make disciples of all nations, baptize them, teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. To bring the words of Ezekiel back into this, you're called to be a maker of disciples to teach people to obey. If you don't do that, even though you know the future of those who disobey, their blood is on your hands, is what God says. Now, again, my point is not to spread guilt. My point is to, for us to accept the responsibility. You can predict the future because the Bible is true. And now it's our responsibility not just to hold it to ourselves, but to share it with others. That's the reason. In God's word, he's made it clear, the wicked will surely die. It's our responsibility to warn them, like Paul Harvey. Many scoffed in his day. Even Christians thought he was exaggerating. But today, those who are wise respect him. They admire him for his wisdom and his courage. Today, we kind of shake our heads at those who scoffed. May Paul Harvey's example, teach us, encourage us, make us bold. Let's, let's follow him as he followed Christ. Um, Heavenly Father, um, I thank you that your word makes us wiser than we could be, wiser than those of ancient times who did not have your word, those of ancient times who didn't have all of history to see how obedience to you brings blessing and disobedience to you brings trouble. God, help us to love you and to love the people around us. Help us to be wise and discerning and to not be silent, but to love and to share, to be your people. Help us to go make disciples this week. Through Christ we pray.
Amen. Thanks for joining us.